Welcome to Queer Alien Blast episode 48. We're going to be recapping the eighth episode of the fourth season. Um, let's jump right into it. It's just Mick and I today. No, Sarah. One day you'll get the three of us together again. I swear it will happen. Um, it'll, be, it'll be probably by Christmas. All right. Um, this episode, like the you know everything in the series, um, you can really kind of start anywhere. I'm going to keep it with starting with Liz and Max because... Aside from Michael, they were kind of the focus of this episode and some really boring stuff happened with Max and Liz, but some really exciting things happened to Liz later on. So we'll at least get the boring echo stuff out of the way. Um, To me, there's almost nothing to say because it's the same argument they've been having for eight episodes now. (laughs) And it's the same formula of have a disagreement, make up by the end of the episode, but nothing's actually solved. And even Liz was self-aware enough to say, oh, well, then we're exactly where we were yesterday. Yes, Liz, you're the the same place you've been since the very beginning. Um, I can understand their struggles with one another. I don't think that they're actually communicating. It seems like they are, but I don't think they're actually hearing each other. I do think this episode was a little bit of a breakthrough, though, because Liz, I felt maybe like Liz was understanding because Liz was sort of fighting this well being an alien is part of your identity and Max is saying Mm -hmm. but it's not my only part I don't know what it is I don't know what my identity is and I felt like maybe by the end she was listening I don't know yeah um it is frustrating because I I said this to Sarah last week I was hoping with the last episode that we would not get that right that we would not would have them at odds for a little longer um and the first scene that we got I was like yes they're not actually like making up right away and you know she's gone to New York and she's met up with Rosa and she apparently had this breakthrough about her own life and what's going on in her life and what she wants to do with it and all of that and she comes back with this realization so obviously you know they're not on the same page here so I was glad for the first scene um it still felt so quick that by the end of the episode they made up um I'm not sure that it's something um permanent uh in the sense that like you said even in the last scene it did feel like they were trying at least to listen to each other this time Um, but I still don't think that they fully understand um, one another's point of view. Um, And that's always been the case, I think, with Max and Liz, um, where they generally have very different views of life. Um, And it was was the thing that broke them up in season two, um, and they somehow always find a way back to each other. I just think... I don't know, it feels frustrating, especially as a Malik shipper, and we will get into that. Um, 
that they always seem to just make up and be all lovey-dovey and cheesy in the span of one episode, even when they have this huge, huge disagreements on literally their lives and how they want to live those lives. Well, in that final scene, I actually had to like pause and walk away because it was just mm-hmm. like, and, and I, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's just constantly them getting the lines that I want other people to be able to say and, and yeah. you know, other emotions. I think the most frustrating thing for me is that we still, and we're going to talk about it here in a minute when we talk about Michael, but we still have Liz making decisions for other people. Mm-hmm. We still have Max doing whatever it takes and, and screw everyone else to, you know, to, to, to make it work with Liz. And the, yeah. I mean, you can only for so long, you know, put the square peg in the round hole, right? Like you can only have the same argument over and over again, like with, at least with Michael and Alex. And what I envision, if we had more time, what would be Isabel and Kyle or whatever, but with Michael and Alex, at least the things that they're confronting are changing over time. And at least they're sort of moving forward, encountering a new problem, even if they don't get to communicate in the same way. With Max and Liz, this is the same thing constantly. You know, it feels like, I bet if we go back and listen to the episodes from when we were bitching about season two and saying, oh, Michael and Alex, every conversation is the same. Yep. Now this is, must be, this has to be how Echo fans feel. Yeah. And it's absolutely the most annoying thing in the world. Um, because I actually was a little bit more understanding of Liz in this episode than, than I have been. I was getting a little bit frustrated, a little bit more understanding. I could see the, you know, original Liz coming through or the, or the Liz mm-hmm. that we knew, but them together, it's just, it's frustrating. It's the same every week, copy and paste. Yeah. All right. So I didn't, I don't want to spend too much time on Max and Liz, because again, it's the same thing that we've talked about every time. So kind of part of that is talking about Liz and Shivani, which I mm-hmm. think is infinitely more interesting than talking about Max and Liz for yeah. longer than five <laughs> minutes. Um, I knew <laughs> Shivani was going to end up being just have a screw loose. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that I understand why she has a screw loose, but to get there, their relationship has always been really weird. Shivani's existence has always been really weird. We didn't really know why she was there. It doesn't make any sense where her wife is, whatever. Um, but my favorite thing in the world is just her revealing a pod to Liz. Yeah. Like, like they're pennies that you find on the sidewalk. Like, oh, here's an alien pod. How many of these things exist? People just randomly have one. Yeah. Oh, no. And whose is it? Not That's a, interesting. and it's not even like a useful one. So it was like, yeah. there was no point. Um, but I do, the interesting part is Liz taking Shivani to where she didn't really have a right to take her mm-hmm. and breaking the trust that she has with Max, Michael, and Isabel. Yeah. Because of course, Shivani's going to figure it out. She figured it out a little quick, in my opinion, that Max is an alien. She kind of jumped there very quickly. But yeah, I think that that's more of Liz just not seeing boundaries. I think yeah, she could have gone to the pod without Shivani. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I understand her, I guess, need to get close to Shivani in that way and like trade secrets for secrets. The point is it's not their, her secret to share. Um, and I do wonder if at some point in the very few time that we have left, um, if shit will, will hit the fan with the aliens finding out about, you know, how much Shivani actually knows. 
um, especially Max. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was weird. I guess their um, their dynamic in this episode was kind of weird. Um, I feel like we always knew that Shivani was a red herring, a red flag in some ways. I I don't think she's evil. I, I had we had this conversation with Sarah last week, and none. I don't think any of us think she's evil. Um, I think it's understandable. I think she's grieving. She's frustrated. She's, you know, uh, she doesn't have her wife with her. She, we don't know what happened with her wife, but they're clearly not communicating that well. And they've lost their daughter. So I, un- I understand that. I empathize with that. Um, but I knew she was going to get, you know, to a breaking point and do something that was going to screw up, screw it up for our team. Um, I, I, f- I feel like it was an interesting way to do that though. Um, it was it, absolutely not in my wheelhouse of what I thought was going to happen, you know, yeah. it's all this the sort of hand wavy science or whatever. But the one thing I did that w- really was kind of funny about the whole thing is that they go to the, the pot, you know, Max's pot or whatever. And then Liz finds a cure in four seconds. Yeah. No clue what she did, whatever. I don't care. Don't nobody explain it to me. Do not slide in my DMs to tell me I don't care finds a cure and then you know that's wonderful science and then at the end all of a sudden now it's this like magical drug that can change your whole mind you know all of these it was just such a funny leap you that i what? wasn't expecting i've been so confused this whole season because all of the science that liz is trying to make and create and that she's clearly frustrated that she can get to she's done it all before like the part about um taking powers from the aliens she's done before with noah giving powers back she's done before with elizabeth um the she talks about um a universal vaccine in this episode with shivani and like you did that in season two you literally cure steph Right, like, exactly. Did we like, forget? So I don't know if it's one of those things that we're meant to believe that it's sort of building on what she already knew, which is why she's coming to these conclusions so quickly. I have no idea. But she said universal vaccine like this is the first time that she's ever heard it or talked about it or anything. And I'm like, yeah, she's that was a whole moral quandary. Before. Right. She's the I, one who's talked about it. So it's right. like, it's I don't know if it's one of those that they've realized that we don't give a shit about the science and so they're like <laughs> yes, well we, probably. if you don't give a shit then we don't give a shit you know that's what I that's what it feels like is that I just don't so whatever she can rediscover you know reinvent the wheel that's fine it's very strange but I really really enjoyed the Shivani Liz scene at, towards the end where they're sort of oh, confronting yeah. her and revealing her daughter um I am pregnancy hormones abounded I started crying the minute they showed that child and Liz's reaction of saying she's dead she's not this isn't like she's not in a pod like an alien mm-hmm. she is dead <laughs> and that yeah. is and I think just seeing Shivani become a little bit more unhinged I was like I get it like as a mom if this were a world that I were I get it you know you just mm-hmm. especially because she may not have been mentally stable before we don't know but um I just loved their acting their chemistry everything they were talking about was wonderful even if it was really strange all of a sudden they were talking about a drug that can enhance your mind or whatever yeah I agree you were amazing and I really liked the fact that 
while Liz absolutely does know what grieving for a long time feels like, grieving for a very close person that you've lost feels like, I like that Shivani was like, okay, but you got your sister back. I don't know how she knows about it, but anyway, she knows everything. She's she's like God. Anyway, um, and... See, that's what makes me believe that she knew Max was an alien. When she jumped to it so quickly, mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, you knew this. She knew before. She knew yeah. before. That was, she targeted, that was the whole thing. Because there's no other way to mm-hmm. know about Rosa. Yeah, I think so too. I think maybe with, you know, I think she's in more contact with her wife than she lets on. And her wife was the one who met Tesca or, anyway, an alien in the finale for season three so i think they do know more than they let on about the aliens um clearly they do because they have a pod so like okay um but no it was great and um i did really like though that (laughs) it was kind of funny to hear that um liz was trying to set like uh unethical like line (laughs) not to cross i was the absolute irony the me like it was a good line to set of course so absolutely we right. wrong but, but i'm like um, is this liz <laughs> yeah a bit ironical i guess it's so funny because there's another part of this you know when we talk about michael here in a minute i'm going to talk a little bit how liz once again does whatever liz wants to do and i think it comes down to and this is probably pretty normal is that oftentimes we're you know more likely to bend the sort of moral rules when it's someone close to us yeah. versus you know so I get it and I understand why now she's become this like oh ethics <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I don't think that we've cared about those before but I am very eager obviously to see what happens to Liz I'm I I want the, the OG Liz I want Shivani's wife to come back or to come yeah. into the into play and see how that works out yeah because by now it's like stop mentioning her why, it's like also, Alex, cast- you know? Why cast OG Liz if we're not going to see her? We have five episodes left. Like they capitalized the hell out of OG Max coming back. Mm -hmm. It worked out really well. And it's just so weird that they've keep building it up, keep building it up. All right. Anything else about Liz or Shivani together? Okay. The wonderful thing about this episode is that it's very hard to organize the outline because so many characters interacted with one another. And that's such a great problem to have. We don't ever have that problem. So we're going to take sort of a little bit of a break in that narrative and talk a little bit about Maria and Alex and Rosa because, Mm -hmm. and then Michael, of course, because I think I just wanted to note that it's really great to see Maria talking about Alex. Like their friendship is so disconnected for so long because of, you know, essentially since the threesome. Mm-hmm. it's been kind of weird they have they haven't had a lot of screen time or at least in my opinion you know we don't mm-hmm. we don't get to see that friendship that they alluded to in season one so much so I love that it's Maria who has to communicate with Alex obviously she mm-hmm. it makes the most sense but just them having a conversation her and Liz having a conversation about Alex was nice to see yeah I guess um I think again I've talked about this last week um I think Liz doesn't make a lot of sense, um, especially later. I don't know if we'll talk about it more later, but the scene that she has with Michael where she says, you know, that it broke her heart knowing this about Alex and all of that. I think that didn't 
like didn't have that much of an effect on me because we didn't really see that much of Alex and Liz. Uh, we did see a lot of Alex, a lot, a lot more of Alex and Maria. So we do know that, you know, they're best friends. They had this, you know, very important relationship with each other. Um, and they're very, like, they're very meaningful to each other. So I do, I, I love that it's Maria, you know, if it's not Michael, I think it has to be Maria, you know, um, and I think she's really, you know, she, she's, she's done a great job. I think Heather as a, as an actress and just, I think Maria as well as a character trying to reach Alex and then you know all our doubts about not getting it right and not you know being able to listen enough and all of that it was was really moving to me to see um I I just love that like my one frustration it was that it wasn't Michael finding out uh first but um other than that I love it being Maria well, and I, I completely agree with everything you just said. And I, the reason I sort of put this in again, we, I think this might be a good time to actually talk about the Michael and Maria stuff because I really, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it this episode, but I liked Rosa being the one to help Maria. It, it yeah. made, that made logical sense to me. You know, she's been gone for so long that it was easy for me to forget just how well Rosa and Maria work together and just what a yeah. presence she has to help Maria calm down and come at her with this like new philosophy she has on life which is great she sounds like such an artist yeah. such a like east coast artist or whatever but um so I love that scene too just Rosa helping Maria really make that connection because I know it's been scary for her to lose her powers yeah it's it's great I I love having Rosa back like last episode this episode I I love having her back um I love that we get to keep her for, uh, you know, I, I hope to the end of the season, you know, because she hasn't been in the first half. So I, I hope we get for her for all the episodes left. Um, she's always, she always gives that little bit of connection, I guess, to the audience, um, which is great. And her knowing so much about science is, I don't know, it's weird, but at the same time, it works so well for Rosa. And um, again, we were told so many times that her and Maria were were very close. So it's always great to see them together. Again, I have I, I did have a little bit of frustration in the sense that she comes back and they talk about Maria's mother, but Rosa wasn't like you know <laughs> Rosa wasn't there for like three episodes between when she comes back and when. Uh, Mimi died um so her her not even addressing the fact that you know yes I heard about that I'm very sorry about Mimi and something like that we're just always supposed to assume that it happened right yeah we're we're supposed to you know assume it happened and they talked about it and obviously probably Rosa reached out to Maria and stuff like that but it's weird like it's just weird and it's as weird as them not understanding that something was wrong with Alex when he didn't reach out for about Mimi you know so it's it puts this sort of superficial aspect to these friendships right yeah if all were ever really it just comes down to that struggle of how many episodes there are and what kind of show it is but it always puts that their only communication is like the plot or the narrative you know there's no other there's no other part yeah 
sort of makes the friendship a friendship. Um, and that can be really frustrating too, because especially with, you know, like Rosa and Maria, you, you see how close they are. We, that is one where you, it has developed a little bit more since she's come back and I love it, but that it's little things like that, that are always going to drive me insane. Just missed opportunities everywhere. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna switch a little bit away from Maria for right now. We're gonna come back because we're this ended up being a surprisingly like Michael heavy episode, and so mm-hmm. the next part with Michael is gonna sort of go chronologically, but it will you know touch on all the characters that he interacted with because man, there was a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. Um, to start us off on a funny note, if we get one more Harry Potter reference, I'm quitting. Oh, I'm quitting the fandom. I'm quitting the podcast. I'm quitting Roswell, New Mexico. Jesus, honestly. I don't mind Harry Potter. It's fine. Ignoring the, my God, every episode, Michael brings up something with Harry Potter. Who are you? Why are we doing it? As the kids say, it's pretty damn chuggy. It's pretty cringy. Stop doing it. <laughs> anyway. It is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just so weird. I'm like, why make, why, why let this be the hill that Michael dies on? Yeah, all of a sudden as well. All like of a sudden, it's never we, we like years. one reference is fine, you know. One reference, He's had like, get, like it's pop culture, it's fine. But like we are at like three or four now. It's yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So, but which has nothing to do with anything. But as soon as I heard it, I almost turned the episode off. So, Max and Michael, mm-hmm. I the whiplash in their relationship is just enough to drive me up a wall. So I loved that we got them again talking. It's like for every scene we get of them communicating, we get a scene where they beat the shit out of each other or they, whether physically or, you know, emotionally or something. So I love that in the beginning of the episode, they're sort of talking and they're being brothers. They're going to each other with problems. Max is revealing his issues to Michael. They're helping Mm -hmm. each other. But I mean, it is mere moments later when Michael finds out that he goes and physically lashes out at, at Max. And I understand why he does it. One, we probably had a Michael who used physical confrontation. You know, if it, it, a different kind of show, it probably would be a very physical person. Like, And mm-hmm. it's not like he can go after anyone else that way. Of course, he's going to go after Max. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's just their relationship. We're bouncing. And then, of course, at the end, they have Max apologizing and comforting Michael. And I'm like, I can't keep you know uh, i don't know show them as brothers but they always mm-hmm. it's always one or the other it's always super supportive and then the most dramatic fight i've ever seen in my life yeah i mean that punch was really so satisfying to me personally i wanted it to be bigger and better <laughs> the best line that michael garen has ever said is when he said that max quote use my suffering to fix your love life yes hope, hope the wedding's worth losing a brother Mm-hmm. hell yeah because i really love exactly like, what max did first half of the episode michael had oh, such good lines and then i get i, I get frustrated later on let, let, that is perfectly fine <laughs> exactly let's but i i this was like a quality this was uh, the physical part of it aside you know mm-hmm. we're not, i'm not going to condone anyone ever punching anyone for the most part but I think he said some things that needed to be said mm-hmm. and for once I think Max heard and and sort of realized not that anything will come of it but it, mm-hmm. you know but it the reason I get so frustrated is that we've talked about before the hobbies really emotional scenes and then Max will treat Michael like shit the next episode or not see him as a brother or not see him as an equal mm-hmm. and so 
it's funny when they they call each other brother because it doesn't happen very often because i'm like are you i don't know i've mm-hmm. never been brothers with someone but it doesn't feel right yeah well it's uh, I, I i guess um what was really satisfying to me and it's always satisfying to me is max acknowledging michael and alex's relationship on par with his relationship with liz and when the show as a whole does that it's satisfying with max specifically does it it's it's so good so like to hear max say i'm gonna help you say like the love of your life and and the love of my brother's life and stuff like that um was really really satisfying obviously and we always get back to what what's frustrating is that they still haven't said it to each other so you're sitting here with malik's not having said i love you to each Uh, other (laughs) max has said it max max knows you know but yeah i mean i think we're supposed to be satisfied by that and i am to a certain degree but i'm also like if max is gonna say it i think at this point you can have michael say it like that's okay um so in terms of the reason that Michael was so angry with Max mm-hmm. is it was so weird the way that he walked up on them while they were talking about Alex being missing. Very convenient, very plot driven, whatever. What is he doing? <laughs> right. Just randomly there. Sure. Okay. But also why is he surprised? Why is this the first time that Michael Guerin has realized that he has not heard from Alex? No. He's had no contact. I mean, I know that was kind of the setting it up. Like, you know, it's just, it's so frustrating because it's like, you can't get mad at Maria for being the one that Alex reaches out to when you didn't even know he was missing. Yeah. It, it was, it, it's frustrating because for all of them, it's like, it, take, it took you this long to realize that something was wrong with Alex. He didn't communicate with you when Mimi died. He didn't communicate with you when Michael was sick. He didn't communicate to you at all during this time. It's been weeks now. We're supposed to be gone days. So like, so why did no is, yeah, why is this like, something was wrong before? Why do you like, mean Alex is missing? And I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? What do you mean Alex is missing? <laughs> exactly. That's the, Why have we not made this connection before? Yeah, because it's so funny because, like, you know, when Michael gets so mad at Maria for being the one that Alex is communicating with, he's like, if he's going to communicate with anyone, it would be me. And then I think mm-hmm. Rose is the one. Well, maybe Maria's yeah. the one that's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Because you weren't listening in the sense of obviously Michael loves Alex. Obviously mm-hmm. he cares about him. But there's the disconnect there between how much we know he loves Alex and then yeah. not really raising any warning flags that he hasn't heard from him in so long. Mm-hmm. And so that line where he's like, what did you say? Something about, you know, you think I haven't been thinking about Alex the whole time. We well, sure you've been yeah. thinking about him, but that was it. I don't know. There was no, yeah. there was no other step. Yeah. I, I love when Rosa say that because like, duh, obviously like, um, what was really frustrating for me in this episode is that they realized immediately that Bonnie and Dallas are, are gone the day after. And they immediately mount an effort to go find them, right? Find yeah. Dallas's car, do all of that. And then Liz is randomly like, oh, Alex is missing too. Yeah, he's been missing for weeks. <laughs> and I think I renewed anger or I could feel Michael's anger and understandably why no mm-hmm. one told him. Yeah, I that I was I was pretty angry at everyone for not telling him or keeping him in the dark. And Liz's explanation of it, you're right. Like you said earlier, 
zero makes zero it's liz making choices for other characters again right yeah. or just characters making choices for other characters in general which is what mm-hmm. is a very infuriating part of the show you you don't get to decide how to protect someone like you give them all the information and then you help them you don't yeah. preemptively go well they don't need to know that because i'm trying to shield them Ooh. i don't yeah, know if that's the like right way her reasoning of being like michael is a hothead which he is but did you not think about the fact that if he he found out that you kept it from him he was going to react even worse like obviously this is not just some character or some guy, right? This is a guy that ostensibly Liz has seen, all their, you know, a lot of their struggles in their relationship. She also knows Michael very well. Of course, mm-hmm. he's going to lash out. Of course, he's going to be a little irrational. But you don't get to decide how other people handle their pain and grief or prevent them from doing whatever they need to do to help the situation. Because Michael's right. He could have been out searching, even if it was futile, even if it meant nothing, it could have made him feel better. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So I do understand why Michael, and I don't even like, I don't like that they had Michael say, well, I acted like a child. No, you didn't. Yeah. I hate that. You know, that's the part I'm frustrated about because while he's, you know, he's, he did say horrible things to Maria and he did, you know, act violently with Max and, you know, I thought that he's losing it was going to be like a much longer thing, you know, like episode long thing. And he has this hot flashes and then he apologizes to everyone. And it's like, okay, like an adult, he, I don't apologize that well. And Michael Guerin's more yeah. adult than I am apparently. Cause he apologized like, very well. He, yeah, I mean, he was treated like a child by everyone else. And I, you know, I do think he had to apologize to Max for punching him in the face. And he did have to apologize to Maria for saying what he said because there were horrible things, obviously. But at the same time, he did that by putting himself down and saying, oh, I reacted badly. Oh, I, you know, it, it was childish and all of it. I mean, the love of your life is missing and it's no one told you that and these are the people that are michael is closest to michael mm-hmm. who shows no vulnerability or didn't for a very long time has a hard time getting close to people has a mm-hmm. hard time opening up to people has changed so much in the last you know throughout the span of the entire show and has come to really value and trust everyone and they all broke that trust by not mm-hmm. being honest with him so yeah, is his lashing out the greatest? He was a real asshole to Maria. And we can talk about that here in a second. But again, like an adult, he went and apologized. And I think he did a great job of apologizing. Mm-hmm. I would just let that friendship die and just never apologize <laughs> because I'm a stubborn asshole. But I think yeah. that it's it, the whole Liz and Michael scene. And I usually love Liz and Michael scenes. Mm-hmm. I think made me them the most angry because I don't, yeah. Again, I don't think that's the Michael that we have. I don't think that's, I think it's just, that's not what the episode was about. That's not what we saw. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's something the show does regularly that they have Michael do or say very like things that me personally, as a viewer, I'm like, yes, finally someone said it or like, yes, that's something that you should say or how you should react. And I love where this is going. 
and then they have him be the one in the wrong always. So like the fact that he was so clearly positions as the one who was wrong, as like, okay, but maybe we should try and frame the fact that they kept it from him and that this is something like this is literally the man he wants to spend his life with and he's building a home with and he's gone and he's been gone for weeks and Michael didn't know and obviously he's feeling guilty that he didn't know he didn't you know think about it sooner obviously that's something that's shown in in you know in this episode so why are we treating him like again saying that he was a child, he was childish, and him thinking that it, his anger or his uh, grief or his um, fear wasn't justified. Like, what? Why is that happening? Why do we always have to put Michael down that way? When we have seen how many times other characters also lash out when they are afraid or they have guilt mm-hmm. or have all, especially Max, right? They have all these emotions or Isabel, and everyone you know they don't have to crawl in on their knees and and sort of you know have to you know self-flagellate or whatever I mean mm-hmm. I, I I will say on the flip side the one positive thing out of of all of these outbursts for Michael or whatever which I think are totally justified is that I think it shows how much everyone loves him that they were able to forgive or or understand where it was coming from and that was really nice too I mean Maria he really you know he was an asshole to Maria he really but I think the strength of their friendship lies in the fact that she was willing to understand and forgive and it wasn't something that you know it it came between them for longer than two seconds you know that was at least we got to see sort of the strength of all their bonds which I'm Mm -hmm. always happy to see literally Michael and Maria's interactions this episode were top-notch like I did you know, obviously it was an asshole to her, but I did like um, or where he yelled at her. Um, like, it was very well acted, I think. And I did like the apology and then that scene after. <laughs> it's so perfect. So I think him coming into the bar and, and that can sort of lead to, to the guitar or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. The cheesiest, most lovely scene ever. Um but, you know, him coming in and, and again, the, the ability to, their friendship to repair itself so quickly, we've come so far. And, and you know, Michael and Maria as a friendship, not as a romantic ship, is one, that's why I love them, right? That's why it works yeah. so well as a friendship. And I think that's why it should have stayed a friendship, but we won't go there. So I want to say that the moment we heard, would you come home? I think my stomach hit the floor and mm-hmm. I regained those 10 years I lost from the Harry Potter reference of, of my life because it was just like a, <gasps> I didn't know if we'd hear that song again, you know, yeah. which is such a great, and then that trusty guitar that Michael's now yeah. just always gone near him or a yeah. guitar or whatever. Um, just, I, it's so beautiful. I can't even talk about it. It's just, it was I, so good. Yeah. I immediately started crying. Cried like a baby. Cried, like, cried, 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 really, cried like a I baby. I heard the first and it just, note, and I was that like, sort of that tear coming the, down his cheek. You know, yeah, like it's the one artful tear. Oh, the one artful so tear, good. which is 
always a cheesy option, but it worked so well. I mean, it worked perfectly. We've just waited for so long and it just such a great and in the same place where he sang it the first time, right? I am sure a million, um, you know, gift sets got made of like the parallel between the two scenes or whatever, but it was just such a great way for also because Michael was so kind of frustrated that Marie is the one that heard from Alex. Mm -hmm. What a big way for Alex to be like, this is to you. This is to you. This is Mm -hmm. about you. This is for everyone. Such a private communication between the two of them. That is, if we can't have Alex in the flesh, at least we have the song. Yeah. I was thinking about you the whole time because I know that after, I think last season, you were talking about um, wanting to have music being poured into this yes, <laughs> again. Yes, finally. And, and I was like, this is so funny that when it actually happens, Alex isn't in the room. Right, he's nowhere even here. It's not quite what I wanted when I wanted them to play music together, yeah. but I guess if I have to have, you know. Close enough. This is close <laughs> enough, it's fine. But I think that it, I mean, it calls back everything, right? It calls yeah. back the entropy conversation when they're teenagers, the him singing it to him in the first place, the... I don't know the everything it just boils down to this like one moment of them communicating through music and a weird choice you know but it did give finally a crumb of something for us after this drought and I guess even like always what makes me very emotional about them because they've been you know a secret relationship for so long um them being open and people knowing about them and people knowing very intimate details, I guess, about their lives. Like not even just the fact that they live to like the fact that they live together is, you know, pretty, it's pretty much saying, you know, we're a couple, everyone knows. And it's very visible in that way. Um, But, you know, Michael just saying, this is the song that Alex wrote for, you know, about us in front of Rose and Maria and Rose and Maria immediately being like, oh, so good. Oh, this is so sweet. You know, like their faces were just, oh my God, this is the sweetest thing ever. You know, what's funny is that at the end of it, all I could think of is when he originally sang the song and he's like to Forrest, oh, it was a long time ago. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, I was laughing at the end of it. Like, okay, they're just so in love. It's disgusting. Like, I don't even know perfect you know would I like to see Alex in the next episode or you know what I mean like I'd like to see some but I I think you're right and then it's going to be a couple at least a couple more before we actually see him Mm -hmm. but finally it was a relief to have some Michael knows you know now we can sort of move forward with it so perfect scene if we can't have Alex it was a good one for shippers Mm -hmm. all right anything about Michael just in general anything else um, I guess I was also very emotional about the, the last scene where he kind of went to, wants to jump in the quicksand. Um, oh, yeah. yeah got good, after yeah. Alex and, you know, like the whole thing was like, of course he's going to do that. You know, he, he, like, of course, of course, right. That's so Michael. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, like the, the thing that made me laugh out loud in this episode was like when they said, when he was talking about, you know, not not knowing that Alex was gone, not thinking that he was missing and that anything was wrong. is like, didn't wouldn't you think that Eduardo would have said something? Yeah, he should have before. Right. <laughs> Maybe two weeks ago. 
Right. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. That's where it, it becomes like, you want to like throttle him a little bit, just like shake him. Like, you know, and I, like, I did no one think to ask before. No, no, no one, no one. It's just such a convenient plot hole that is going to drive me crazy forever. Right. Like their, their relationship is much more codependent that they would need to hear from one another before, <laughs> you know, let's come on, let's be real here. Um, I don't even remember the line and I meant to write it down. Where when Michael was talking to Liz though, and he said something about I something about building a home with Alex. I can't even remember mm-hmm. now. And I will say, little things like that will keep me fed forever. Little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I wish that you know? Again, they would say it to Alex. Yes, but I think now we get to see the depths to which Michael will go for Alex. Like I really, really want the next two episodes. If he doesn't walk through fucking fire for Alex, mm-hmm. then I I quit. Yeah, I, I think we were talking about it um, earlier in the season when we were discussing Michael getting close to Bonnie and, and Clyde and he, it's literally what he said was what we were saying that he was close getting close to them the whole time Alex was missing and all of that and um, that he was kind of chasing a, an ideal home like a utopistic home and it's what we were saying, right? That he was clearly trying to find something that he's been missing his whole life. And that was something that was going to clash with his relationship with Alex. Um, and I, I think it's pretty clear even now that he will always choose Alex. Um, I maybe will be a choice by the end of the season. Um, I don't think it will be that big of a choice because he's made a choice before you know so um but I was very glad to have that line that you mentioned when he says you know I was chasing this home when I was you know I forgot that I was building a home with Alex the whole time so um so good good. good. you know I would like to see them get married by the end of the season (laughs) (laughs) I side note and we can get this out but I even if it was something like I'm rewatching Grey's Anatomy, I don't know why, just to whatever. And uh, Derek and Meredith are just about to have their like post it wedding, like post it mm-hmm. note or whatever. And all I kept thinking about was Michael and Alex. And I was like, even if it was just this, even if, yeah. even if it was just them in a room having, I don't know, like some sort of big step forward that we yeah. actually got to witness, that's I would love I to see. I will take a proposal. I will take a proposal. I'll take a, even discussing it. I'll just take yeah. a, I, I, hey you want to get married i don't know like it doesn't have to be anything big Listen, at a- this point i will take them being in the same room real <laughs> okay that's fair you know what let's scale back our expectations here yeah <laughs> okay so we'll sort of end a little bit um we got sort of the the odds and ends of the episode to talk about but i do want to talk about isabel and tezka mm-hmm. because i love these scenes and i love these flashbacks and also jones um yes obviously. but of course we can't not talk about him um I love that they they had a connection I love that this is this is something that they're they're expounding upon and we got to see the scenes I would have hated this if this was just something that Tesca explained to Isabel mm-hmm. and we never got to see it very very good use of flashbacks here yes that line wherever you are in the universe my blade will find yours if we can ignore the fact that this was said to a child in the very beginning this would be such a good shippy line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a good, it's such a good line. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting it to really affect me as much as it did, but I loved yeah. 
I loved the fight scene and then, you know, figuring it out, figuring out how they knew one another. I'm still a little bit confused as to what Jones did to Tesca to make her forget, but I'm guessing he like brainwashed her or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did really like them. I, I think the Lily and the other, the actress that plays Tesca had great chemistry. Um, the, the fight sequences were, were great. Um, getting flashbacks is always interesting I feel and they don't always use them in a in a way that works and I think here it really worked especially because they were both finding out at the same time um well what was really going on and I I think my one critique would be the fact that Roswell doesn't seem to be able to keep an evil character evil like we always have to sympathize with them, right? Why? So it's oh, there's always something else. There's always that redeeming kind of quality, or it's the other way around. Like they they try to be like have a redemption, and then they're actually shown to be evil. But like, just have a character be evil. You could just like be that a villain. Was, that was why Jones was so fun. You know, he was just he was an asshole. He was a villain. You know, there was really no question. Well, that's, like, what, even that's when why Jesse tra- Maines was such a good villain, right? Yeah. There's nothing redeemable about him. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, they shouldn't try. And Tesca could have just been a villain. Yeah. I guess, I think at this point, Clyde will be the one to be villainy. Oh, I, I have just, opinions about that. But uh, you know what? Speaking of that, yeah. I want to talk about how, first of all, I've never wanted to punch a fictional character the way that I want to punch <laughs> Clyde. And it's because the actor puts on this dumbass expression on his face. Sorry to this actor. I'm sure he's a wonderful human, but like when he walked into the, the, the crash down or mm-hmm. it's, it's what I like to call a John Wayne face. Cause this yeah. is what this man is trying to do. Like walk in and be a badass, do this like weird straight guy face. He's not, he's, he's who cares? I hate him. He's, yeah. he's dumb. He's not a very good villain. He's not very interesting. Yeah. He has no personality. Why are we, fo- why are we focusing on his shoes so much? What in the world is that? We had like 14 shots of his boots. What made me, what's funny is the beginning of the episode, they played such a good song. Mm-hmm. And I'm the band, I literally wrote it down and then I don't know what I did with it, but it was such a good song to start it out. And then I realized when the song was over Clyde, I was like, what a ruin, how to ruin a good soundtrack, right? And also care. like, can I say like, because we're talking about Clyde, um, that scene when he walks, walks into the crash down and I think her name is Vanessa. Yes. The, the student, Liz's student. Yeah. Um, sure. Let's have her back after like 15,000 episodes that we haven't seen her. And I hate when Roswell does this. Like they introduce a character to you. You don't care because you see them for like three scenes. You know you're supposed to care because they frame it like you're supposed to care. And then they're gone for half the season and then they're back and clearly she will be important of course so i'm like yes but okay like who cares i I did like when she when she went um when he said you're you you know you're liz's sister so okay racist um (laughs) that was but that was funny that was Um, a good one she's she's a good snarky character and i because i yeah it would also be different if she had been in and sort of been the replacement for Rosa in the sense mm-hmm. of sort of that s- sort of snarky side character that Rosa used to be or whatever. 
yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to care about whatever happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I also don't care about Clyde. Um, <laughs> but he's our only villain at the moment. Yeah. Unless they're going to try to, I don't know. I still think Jones is going to come back. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, <sighs> he's whatever. hoping. Here's hoping if they're going to bring it back a, a dead child. I don't know. Oof. Um, all right. So anything else we want to talk about before we get to favorite part? No, I don't think so. All right. Then what's your favorite part? And you can't say the guitar. I cannot say the guitar. No, because that's both of our favorite parts. You can't say that. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotta pick something else. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I will say. Um, I will say Michael and Rosa and Maria teaming up. That was really satisfying. Uh, they work really well, even in the very like limited amount of time that they had together. I hope they continue working together. They I kind of balance each other out very well. Um, and all of those dynamics are very interesting. And I'm always interested in some way to get more of Michael and Rosa for some reason. And, and, and we never get a lot of them. So and, and Roswell loves a triad and that's a good yeah. one that's a good triad and them saving Maria from the quicksand exactly perfect so good um I mine's gonna be the Shivani scene um mm-hmm. well acted well executed there's something about seeing like a mother on the edge like I you know that was really such a good scene um so interested to see her the rest of the you know if she's gonna be mm-hmm. in the rest of the series or what's gonna happen but that was a good one yeah all right i think we are done talking about episode eight just a few more episodes left i don't know what we're going to do with our lives but thank you for listening and we will see you uh, next time to talk about episode nine thank you guys